part of this problem is sort of either disputes on bill, on billing or inability to pay, um, or in fact, in many cases, it's inability to pay, followed by entering into a payment plan, which is then violated. And the city, the city does this quite often. We, we are perhaps possibly too forgiving. And as debts run up and we engage, we're told, no, we're waiting for budget, we're waiting for you know, some, some other particular reason, can we enter into some kind of payment plan? But what happens is the payment plan never actually services the debt. And the bill gradually grows and grows and grows. Um, and this becomes deeply problematic. And obviously, uh, cutting for us is really a last resort, particularly when we're cutting public services. I mean, we have, for instance, you know, we have an a outstanding debt with the Department of Health. Mm. And, and that means that if we have to cut, we have to cut uh, the, the sort of hospitals, you know, and this is not really how we want to think. So we exhaust our IGR routes, we exhaust our continuous uh, our consultations, and then we have no choice uh, but to go out. So, you know, the businesses that are being targeted, they well know, and government agencies, they well know that they are in debt, and mm. they've been warned repeatedly. Have any of the affected parties uh, from the revenue collection campaign made payment arrangements after being switched off as yet? Yes, some, some paid immediately when our teams actually rocked up on the ground. Um, they paid almost uh, a few million uh, to, to prevent the disconnection and, and immediately service their debt and have committed to uh, proper payment. Um, so we'll be monitoring that very closely, and if need be, we'll go back. Uh, so money has been coming in, and uh, we anticipate more. And, and, of course, we anticipate that you know, as news of the operation also spreads, which has been very helpful uh, in terms of the support from the media, that there'll be even more um, uptake uh, in terms of payment because um, our, our biggest data is, is actually residential suburbs um, and residences, and this is a, a large contributor as well. Um, and they know our campaign can also switch towards targeting illegal connections. Um, this is also a major problem for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it definitely is money is coming in, and we'll be following this type of approach now uh, well into the future. So I've got a rundown of some of the money owed to the city. Residential customers owe the city around 8 billion rand. Businesses, 4 billion. Government departments and embassies, 1.3 billion. Now, there are more households owing the city than there are government departments, it looked like, and embassies. So why were commercial properties and government departments targeted first in this campaign? Uh, purely because of the size of the bills, in fact. Uh, so it's one of the, it's one of, you know, the individual households may own uh, small amounts of debt in the thousands of rands, but these particular uh, businesses and government agencies, uh, they they owe um, uh, they owe tens of millions. I mean, public works uh, owes almost close to two hundred million uh, because because the the, the challenge is that um, public works administers the billing for many of the other national government headquarters, and they don't do so well. So the department is responsible for much of the government, uh, national government portfolio, and they don't service it properly. So they're a big culprit. Um, another one, which is a harder one, uh, in fact, to, to disconnect, is the money being local municipality, which is in for about $220 million. Um, and this is really difficult because we supply them with bulk water. Um, so... We channel bulk water to them, in fact, and we actually, that bill is primarily bulk water. And they haven't been able to service it, they can't service it, and it's very difficult for us to cut off the water to an entire municipality. Um, and, yeah, it puts us in a very difficult position because our Swami residents are effectively subsidizing uh, Mighty Bang residents uh, and, 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 and subsidizing a poorly run 
municipality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, these are some of the challenges we have to confront. Now, I see that uh, your, your strategy is working, as you indicated, that people already paid some millions. But what warning do you have for affected properties who may try to reconnect services eagerly, illegally if they didn't pay you? Yeah, so, I mean, we're taking a, a zero-tolerance approach. Um, there are significant fines uh, for, I think, an average residential household. The fine is uh, 20,000 rand if we establish that you've illegally reconnected. Uh, and uh, for businesses, it can be up to 200,000 rand if we establish that you've reconnected. Uh, w- uh, more than that, um, we, we are also, um, we've adopted the strategy, which is that uh, we will rip out your electricity connection. So we won't just disconnect it at the, at the box. We will physically remove the infrastructure that allows you to get electricity. So if you try and get an illegal connection, you won't be able to do it. Um, and you may, you know, you, you may then sit in the dark for a prolonged period. Uh, so we're instituting rip connections, which are like when you physically remove the electricity connection that exists. Well, there you have it. That's Jordan Griffiths. I thank you so much for, for, the ta- for your time. He's the acting chief of staff in the mayor's office in Tswane. Country to the Kupchas. They must feel the wrath of the law. Show them that Zuma is not bigger than Mzans. Smoke it, bush pack. Thank you. Jumbo Africa Elvis. People are saying, Mr. Ramaphosa must talk about high employment. How many times must he talk about high employment and then planning to uh, create jobs? Can people remember last last he said uh, he is going to talk with a, any every minister to hire many many uh, young people, and then he said he will make sure that any time when he meet with a minister, he is going to ask him how many young people has minister hired. Morning, the elephants. The president must talk about the issues surrounding home affairs and and then the labor. If he needs a solution for the July unrest, otherwise they can arrest everybody, the instigators. That won't be the solution. The solution lies with the home affairs and the labor, and the labor there, and this transport industry. That's where the solution for looting lies. People are not working, they are not employed, are hungry, anonymous. Dennis Malela and Elamin Vaterfall says, Nothing at all. It's the same old song of empty promises from the president. Where are the implementation dates? Where are the community services delivery? I don't, uh, he doesn't care even for those swimming pools on our local roads. We need long overdue tarred roads in our rural villages such as Element Waterfall as we can't access basic services on the rainy days. You can keep them coming. We will read them as we continue. On the SMS line, this one from uh, Galweni in Mount Freer says, 40 million that is used for the 2022 sonar. Why not use that money to build a fence in the rural areas for small-scale farmers? You can keep them coming. We will read them as we continue. And then you're sending us voice notes. I didn't expect anything from President Cyril Ramaphosa till President Cyril Ramaphosa gave us the progress of the previous state of the nation because he made a lot of promises. We don't know whether that pro- promises have been fulfilled. Thank you. It's not about what we want to hear in this in the state of uh, nation address. 
it's about you on the radio and the journalists reading from what he said the last time in the state of the nation address and tracking for us what has he achieved has he achieved those things he said he will do the last time you at the radio elvis Presley. it's not about what we want to hear tell us as the documenters as the journalists what did he say last time what has he achieved what percentage is he achieved of what he was saying the last time? Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. The rebranded Kucha Technologies and Consulting is your right place, right time, right choice IT service provider. Offering ICT services to more than 40 Kucha Special Economic Zone tenants and companies nationwide. Get secure, cost-effective hosting, collaborative connectivity, managed security and redundancy, advanced infrastructure and software licensing. Visit kucha.co.za today. Kucha Technologies and Consulting. Connect. Convenient. Secure. The Nelson Mandela Museum, in partnership with Drakenstein Correctional Services, Robben Island Museum, and Incarceration Nations Network will celebrate the 32nd anniversary of Nelson Mandela's release from prison on the 11th of February 2022. His release is aligned to the 22nd anniversary of the establishment of Nelson Mandela Museum in Mtata. The Mandela release celebration will be live from Drakenstein Correctional Services in Pal a prison where Mandela spent 14 months of his 27 years of imprisonment and the last stop of his long walk to freedom. The debate will remind people about Nelson Mandela's life in prison, his fight for liberation, and how to continue to preserve his legacy. Catch the debate live on The Talking Point with Kathy Mutatlana, SAFM, leading the conversation. Elvis Preslin on SAFM. President Sol Ramaphosa is set to focus on the progress made in the four key priority areas he identified last year when he delivered his State of the Nation address, or when he delivers his State of the Nation address today. Now, his address comes at a time when the economy is faced with a combination of high unemployment, stagnant GDP growth, as well as a widening gap between the rich and the poor. All these factors have been compounded by the devastation of the COVID-19 pandemic and the blow from last year's July unrest, which saw the destruction of public property and businesses, as well as the loss of over 300 lives. Our political correspondent, Ntebo Mokobo, has more. For the first time since 1994, the annual State of the Nation Address will not be delivered in the National Assembly. Following a devastating fire in Parliament last month, it will now be delivered in the Cape Town City Hall. In his address last year, President Ramaphosa was well aware of the challenges ahead and called for the rebirth of South Africa after a devastating year with the economy ravaged by the COVID-19 pandemic. This is no ordinary state of the nation address. 
and he laid out the top four priorities for his administration in the year under review. First, we must defeat the coronavirus pandemic. That is primary in everything that we have to do as a nation. And second, we must accelerate our economic recovery. Third, we must implement economic reforms to create sustainable jobs and drive inclusive growth. And finally, we must fight corruption and strengthen the state that has been weakened. President Ramaphosa is still committed to a dream of new smart cities with the Lanseria project well on track. A new smart city is also planned between KwaZulu-Natal and the Eastern Cape in Port Alfred. Two years ago, I spoke about the dream of building new cities that will enable us to make a decisive break with apartheid special development. Many scoffed the idea of the Lanseria smart city. The first city to be built in a democratic South Africa is now a reality in the making. Although ESCOM's nightmare of rolling blackouts is not over, the president said the power utility is making good progress with resolving its energy generation failures. And that report by our reporter Ntewa Mokobo in Johannesburg. Meanwhile, Black Sash has pleaded with the president to extend the social relief grant, <laughs> I beg your pardon, and recommends that it be increased to at least the food poverty line or just over 600 rand. For more on this, we're joined on the line by Black Sash's paralegal field worker, Vincent Skosana. Very good morning to you and welcome. Good morning and good morning to the listener. From Black Sash, what benefits have you witnessed in how the social relief grant has helped millions of unemployed people and households in the country? Uh, the, the implementation of the 350 has indicated a lot of positive results as people are now beginning to spend more on food with this 350. That is not even sufficient enough to cover them for the whole month. But we are now seeing a little bit of easing that, that pressure, especially in, the, in, the, in times of the food appraisal and petrol, where uh, now people are starting to have at least something to eat, mm. which is a positive side of this 350. So in your engagement with the presidency and the social development department, how were your suggestions on the extension of the grant received? Our suggestion was more of, as you've indicated, to increase the 350 to at least food poverty line, which currently sits at 624 rands, while the, 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 the amount given to the, the poor is 350, which is it's, it's not even nearer to the uh, poverty line. And also what we have uh, um, requested or demanded is that there should be a permanent income support for those aged to 18, from 18 to 59 years, with little to no income, mm. and must be progressively increased to match the upper poverty line, which is currently sitting at 1,335 per month. Mm -hmm. And we have also demanded that all social grants must at least be adjusted to an inflation rate to avoid a further erosion of the value of the grant. Mm -hmm. But Mrs. Kusana, how do you respond to those who argue that we are becoming a nanny state and that freely giving away social grants is not a sustainable solution and that government should consider rather creating more employment opportunities for sustainable growth? It is a very good suggestion when you know what you're going to have 
in your dinner, in your lunch, or in, your, in, in a day. But we can't continue sustaining poverty in the name of the hope for the jobs. Because what we are moving away from now, it is the um, right of a Section 27, which is our constitution, that says if the state cannot create jobs, the state has got a, re- a responsibility yes. to provide social assistance to those who are mm-hmm. in need of it, and social security as right. well. So then okay. why are we not now entertaining the, the, constitution, the constitutional obligation and entertain people who are saying these, uh, these are the negative of the, of the grants? We are seeing the mm-hmm. evidence yes. now. It yes. is a positive. Mm-hmm. And the money is not going to disappear, but it's okay. going to circulate around. That's where we got to leave it. Vincent Skosana, the Black Sash's paralegal field worker. For a business-orientated perspective on Sona 22 and the expectations, we joined on the line by the CEO of the Tourism Business Council of South Africa, Tsivuat Savanga. A very good morning to you, sir, and welcome. Oh, good morning. Not uh, you unfortunately. Thank you. All right. Now, the tourism sector is arguably the hardest hit by the lockdown regulations. What do you hope to hear as remedial action for, for the sector in today's Sona? Uh, the, the most important thing we need is obviously to end the national state of disaster. Uh, and then I think the tourists will be more than willing to visit our country. Uh, I think we have all learned to coexist with the COVID-19, uh, with um, various forms of, you know, the mutation of the COVID-19 pandemic. And obviously, um, lockdowns have not worked. And obviously, the Omicron virus, which obviously was announced very, very late in the year, had a negative impact on arrivals. So I just hope in the government, uh, the president will say to us, we're ending the national disaster, and then that will be positive news, and that will can obviously use uh, to market South Africa as a destination of choice. Now, kindly remind us of the losses that have been incurred by the sector since the outbreak of COVID-19. Um, remember, tourism is a person-to-person industry. It requires personal contact. Um, and you find that when COVID happened, nearly 90% of our uh, profits were lost. A lot of our businesses, some of them have never come back because um, it took a long time for us to open our country. Because obviously, none of us were ever prepared for this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so the tourism issue was the hardest hit ever. All right, that's where we got to leave. Thank you so much and giving us that update there from the, uh, as the, 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 from the Tourism Business Council of South Africa. That brings the time now to exactly 6 o'clock. We've got to leave it where we have it for today. On behalf of the team and myself, we'll see you bright and early. Same time tomorrow. Let's hear your expectations, uh, what you expect from the president tonight. You can continue with that conversation on the Twitter as well as on the Facebook page. Ciao for now. Arrivederci!